O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 4 and 8, beginning on page 347. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast set me at liberty when I was in trouble. Have mercy upon me and hearken unto my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye blaspheme mine honor, and have such pleasure in vanity, and seek after falsehood? Know this also, that the Lord hath chosen to himself the man that is godly. When I call upon the Lord, he will hear me. Stand in awe, and sin not. Commune with your own heart, and in the, your chamber, and be still. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, yea, more than when their corn and wine and oil increase. I will lay me down in peace and take my rest, for it is thou, Lord, only that makest me dwell in safety. Psalm 8 O Lord, our governor, how excellent is thy name in all the world. Thou hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of very babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, even the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that thou visitest him. Thou madest him lower than the angels, to crown him with glory and worship. 
thou makest him to have dominion of the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowls of the air, and the fishes of the sea, and whatsoever walketh through the paths of the seas. O Lord our Governor, how excellent is thy name in all the world. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. For I considered all this in my heart, so that I could declare it all, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love nor hatred by anything they see before them. All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean, and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner, he who takes an oath as he who fears an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. Truly the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But for him who is joined to all the living there is hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten, <clears throat> also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Never more will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white, and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity. For that is your portion in life, and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill but time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know his time. Like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. This wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that same poor man. Then I said, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard, rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness and maiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, 
and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed, forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 23rd chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments, they love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to light in the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended. God the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people pardon and peace. 
that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandment, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. What thoughts about our lessons tonight? The Psalms, when seen together, give us um, a, 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 ten, a, a, create a, a creative kind of tension between them um, as they describe two different ways in which the Lord's provision is experienced. And that's kind of, you know, as our collect suggests this week, the, the main thematic emphasis through our lessons for the week, um, uh, uh, you know, accepting those that will pertain to All Saints Day uh, tomorrow night and then on Wednesday. Um, and the, the notion of the Lord, how the Lord provides for us is, um, is significant when we consider what we are and the way that the Lord provides for us is one of the ways that we come to understand what we are. So Psalm 4 takes on a very um, kind of immediate and intimate perspective. Um, it's possible that the psalmist is commenting on um, that era of the Old Testament history where David has survived um, the rebellion of Absalom. And although the crisis is not fully over yet, um, nevertheless, it is um, uh, it, the danger has largely passed. And that's and so the psalmist, uh, you know, either David himself or someone speaking, you know, sort of reflecting on David's experience um, is reflecting on the experience of, of of realizing that, you know, the the machinations of human action and decision in those kinds of seasons um, reveal themselves in retrospect to be um, very limited and very um, constrained. Um, and it really it puts emphasis on the fact that the Lord's provision kind of shines through all of that, um, the more we realize how, how how tenuous our ability to provide for ourselves and protect ourselves are, the more it invites us into a meditation of the Lord's provision and the Lord's protection. Um, and so by the end of Psalm 4, the psalmist reflects, you know, I can lay my head down and rest in peace because it is you, Lord, only that make me dwell in safety. Um, the psalmist, by the end of this kind of meditation, reflects on these, you know, antagonisms that he's experienced and this great pressure and mortal danger that he's experienced, and yet at the end can make an offering of his life and to surrender his life in the way we do every day, which is by falling asleep, um, and do so while surrendering himself from the heart to the Lord um, and make that an offering of himself as we do in the evening time here. And so Psalm Eight um, by in a kind of creative tension with Psalm four takes on the um, you know takes the big picture of the Lord's provision, seeing it as the Lord providing for the whole cosmos. You know, O Lord our Governor, how excellent is Thy name throughout all the world. Um, this is uh, the this is reflecting upon the the sum total lordship and sovereignty and provision that the that God has over the whole creation, um, and goes on to elaborate upon that. Um, and then concludes in the same way in a kind of um, yeah, and, and concludes in the same way that it began 
um, with this, this, you know, exaltation of God as high above all things. And yet, um, you know, someone who provides for all things. So seeing these two together gives us the lens through which to look at our lessons for tonight, because it reminds us that the Lord is near. Um, he is he is near to everyone, um, every one of his creatures. And he is he is always present at the heart where he gives life continually to each of us in a constant in a way, in a constant provision. Our life is a constant gift at the Lord's hand. Um, and so when we you know, in our heart sort of wander away from that, or we, 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 or we, we experience seasons of doubt, um, in the goodness of God, it puts us in a kind of dissonance with ourselves, um, because we, we start to entertain this kind of illusion of separation from God when in fact, objectively, our ongoing being, um, is a gift from God that he continually delights to give. Um, and so, and then we would also situate that, that as he, as we know that within us, as we come to know that within us, it serves as a kind of microcosm for what God is doing across the whole creation. So as we look at Ecclesiastes 9, um, it calls to mind, you know, what is the kind of big picture and the scope of human, um, exertion and labor in the midst of all this? Um, it puts, you know, this, uh, you know, it puts this intention again, um, what is the meaningfulness of our act? Our actions. What is the meaningfulness of our decisions and our ambitions and our our aspirations in life, and then the things we actually do? Um, and Ecclesiastes calls us back always to a kind of nearness again, as we talked about last week when we introduced this book. Uh, Ecclesiastes uh, can can take sometimes the um, the overwrought um, proverbial wisdom of Proverbs. Now, I want to be clear: Proverbs itself is not an overwrought work of wisdom. It's just that the way that many apply it and even in the, the kind of the formers of scripture um, understood you know that wisdom to sometimes be applied um, it can become the annoying habit of trying to slap a bible verse or a proverb on any of life's circumstances no matter how ill-fitting or semi-fitting um, in an effort to resolve the complexity of it to dissolve the profundity of it to and to kind of make it shallow enough and digestible enough that we can understand well, here's what God, here's what God is doing in that. And that's just the thing you need to know that God is doing in that. Um, and that, that the, the scriptures themselves by just in the, the way that the books are laid out, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, um, are laid next to each other as a kind of point of contrast to each other. And Ecclesiastes points to the fact that even though God's wisdom is comprehensible, its application is very complex. And it calls us back to again, a, a nearness of experience and a nearness of meditation. So that we don't overextend ourselves presumptuously to 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 sort of you know promote ourselves or to vaunt ourselves to the level of having the divine wisdom in well in hand enough that we can make judgments over all of life's circumstances. And so the Ecclesiastes writer gives us a template for how to interpret life through that wisdom in a way that isn't um, kind of snotty and and presumptuous. Um, and is and it, and it and it creates within us humility. It brings us back to a sense of smallness again, which is precisely the the missed point of the uh, wisdom writings um, on the part of the Pharisees that Jesus is critiquing uh, tonight. Um, he's going to uh, begin a uh, you know a he's going to begin a, a series of really strong statements against the Pharisees and scribes, uh, particularly for their their um, their missing this um, core aspect of the wisdom tradition of their own religion 
um, that they have in apprehending some things about the law have have kind of collapsed the rest of the complexity of the law around those few things they've understood, taken to heart and decided to care most about. And then they have gone to kind of project that tyrannically over the lives of everybody under their authority. And this is what Jesus is mad about. Jesus isn't mad that they have been serious about keeping the law. It's just that they haven't kept the whole law and they haven't um, they haven't even encouraged others to keep the whole law. They have uh, diminished that sense of wonder, diminished that sense of of smallness um, that we all must walk in before the law and before all of the commands of God, um, which puts us in the posture of requiring and needing and asking for God's mercy. And because they have collapsed that complexity and that depth, they have created a version of the law that is not, in fact, the law, but rather is a constrained vision of it that then they can enforce and be the um, the be the ultimate supreme authorities over. And this is something we always have to watch out for in the faith. You know, as it, as is the case with proverbial wisdom, so can Christians collapse the complexity and the depth of the gospel around a kind of um, set of micro issues that you know, we decide or emphases. Um, and then what it does is it allows us to kind of go merrily along thinking we've comprehended, you know, the, the mystery of salvation uh, when, in fact, we've just kind of gotten a piece of it. And we've decided with increasing purposefulness to dispense with the rest. And so as we come back tonight, you know, we, we're, we're called back again to smallness. We're called back to realize that our day is ending, um, that very soon all of us will lie down to sleep, some more fitfully than others. And some getting woken up, if you're like me, in the middle of the night, very likely by young children. Um, but if that's the case, you know, at any at some point tonight, we're going to have to lie down and we're going to have to open our hands around our lives and we're going to have to let them go. We're going to have to submit to sleep. And it's always an opportunity to uh, take a moment to reflect on how are we living and being formed um, to at the last at our last hour relinquish our lives. Um, are we living in such a way that we grab for authority and complete kind of control and comprehensive understanding around our lives so much so that we forbid anything else? Or are we living in a way that acknowledges our smallness, that says to God, all my time is in your hands and you are both the Lord, our governor who reigns over all the earth. And yet you are near enough that I know you are watching over me as I sleep. And can I let myself go knowing that as I let myself go, I am being received into the hand of another. And that's the question we're asked each day. That's why we gather for evening prayer, so that we can answer that question with an amen together. And to that end, we'll offer our intercessions together in closing. Page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble.
and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. It's a pleasure to pray with you. And thanks to Barbara and to Rochelle, my co-leaders tonight. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father Hayden. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you all. Good night. Thanks, Thanks, Father Hayden. Good night. Good night, everybody.